Welcome back, Psychonauts. So today we're going to be talking about intelligence and personality. And I feel like I should probably make some kind of cat joke with the personality, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to leave that one there. So anyhow, let's get going and start off with intelligence. So what is intelligence? And here's the problem. Psychologists do not agree on the meaning of intelligence. So... Sorry, I don't have a good one here for you, but I'll give you a couple little rundowns here. So most people do believe that intelligence is basically the ability to acquire new ideas and new behaviors and to adapt um, to new situations kind of thing. Uh, others on the, on the other end of the spectrum believe that intelligence is what allows you to do well on intelligent tests and in school. So... I mean, we'll kind of be getting into this. I mean, I'm sure you have friends that are very school smart, but then you also have friends that are very street smart and stuff. Um, I mean, they they figure there's around 70 different definitions of intelligence. So, you know, here's one that I kind of like. Um, see what you guys think of this one. Intelligence measures an, an, agent's, an agent's ability to achieve goals in a wide range or environments. So this definition takes into account the ability to learn and adapt to understand which allows an agent to succeed um, all over the place. So I, I guess I kind of like that one. So all right, so let's look a little bit through history here because, ah, yes, social studies. Um, but uh, the 1904 two-factor theory of intelligence. So I'm going to kind of go through history here a little bit and bring us up to modern day-ish. So these two-factor theory. Factor one represents a person's general intelligence. Uh, this involves a person's ability to perform complex mental work like problem solving kind of thing. All right. Factor two, um, a person's um, specific mental ability. This is their verbal mathematical skills, that kind of stuff. All right, this is 1904, so we've grown a little bit in understanding of everything since then. So the critics of this one are like, well, um, this this doesn't really measure um, other kinds of mental abilities, such as um, motor skills, musical skills, creativity, and stuff, which we are going to get into when we get into Gardner's Eight Intelligences um, specifically, but they're, um, you, you start to get an um, idea of Gardner from Thurston's or Thurston's and pronunciations here, but Thurston's theory of intelligence. So he said that there were seven mental abilities, and he um, said that there are these like a general factor and seven primary abilities that kind of go into intelligence. And this sets up all the groundwork for Gardner and Gardner's eight intelligences. So Thurston's uh, seven. Um, and these will sound very familiar, especially when we get into our next one here. Uh, but verbal comprehension, uh, so that's the ability to understand the meaning of words, concepts, and ideas. Number two, numerical ability, ability to use numbers quickly to compute answers to problems. Sorry, I tried to do that as best as I could, like computer style. It didn't translate well. Number three, Spatial relations. I don't know why my voice changed to spatial for that one, but that was my verbal way of showing spatial. The ability to visualize and manipulate patterns and forms in space. All right, perceptual speed. The ability to grasp perceptual details quickly and accurately to determine similarities and differences between the stimuli. That was speedy. Get it? Ha. All right, word fluency, number five, ability to use words quickly and fluently in performing such tasks as rhyming, solving anagrams. I am terrible at those. 
and doing crossword puzzles. Still not very good at those either. All right, six, memory, ability to recall information, such as lists of words, mathematical formulas, and definitions. And finally, coming in at number seven, inductive reasoning, the ability to derive general rules and principles from presented information. If you guys remember, that goes back to one of our previous podcasts. All right, and like I said, this all kind of... um, built up Thurston's ideas for Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. So, he rejected the traditional ideas of intelligence, citing that it omits many important skills, such as these eight. Coming in at number one, visual spatial intelligence. So, you're good at visualizing things, good with directions, maps, charts, videos, and pictures. Um, yeah, the... You know, these people are good at, uh, they enjoy reading, writing, uh, puzzles, interpreting pictures, graphs, charts, like drawing, painting, visual arts, recognizing patterns easily, possible job opportunities, architect, artists, uh, engineers. Number two, linguistic verbal intelligence uses words well or words good. English, that was a bad joke, sorry. Um, They are good or well at writing stories, memorizing information, and reading. Characteristics may include remembering written and spoken information, Um, enjoy reading and writing, Uh, good at debating or giving persuasive speeches, Uh, able to explain things well, often use humor when telling stories. Possible jobs include writers, journalists, lawyers, teachers. Number three, logical mathematical intelligence. Good at reasoning, recognizing patterns, and logically analyzing problems. Tend to think conceptually about numbers, relationships, and patterns. Characteristic, characteristic sorry, also include excellent problem-solving skills. Enjoys thinking about abstract ideas like conducting scientific experiments. Good at solving complex computations. Possible jobs include scientist, mathematician, computer programmer, engineer, accountant. Coming in at number four, bodily kinesthetic intelligence, good at body movement, performing actions, and physical control, tend to have excellent hand-eye coordination and dexterity. Characteristics also include good at dancing and sports, enjoys creating things with their hands, excellent coordination, trends to, uh, sorry, tends to remember by doing rather than hearing or seeing. Possible jobs include dancer, builder, sculptor, actor... Number five, musical intelligence. I would love to sing this to you, but I'm bad at that. They think in patterns, rhythms, and sounds. See, I told you, bad at that. Uh, They have strong... (laughs) Sorry. They have strong appreciation for music uh, and are often good at musical composition and performance. Something I am not. You're going to hear that... Little, well, if you ever look at the, the documents that go with this, uh, I do a little Gardner's Eight Intelligences, and music is like my lowest one. But other characteristics include enjoy singing and playing musical instruments, recognize musical patterns and tones easily, good at remembering songs and melodies, rich understanding of musical structure, rhythm, and notes, possible jobs of musician, composer, singer, music teacher, conductor. That is nothing to do with a train. Number six, inter. 
personal intelligence, not to be confused with intra. We'll get to that in a minute. So this is inter, good at understanding and interacting with other people, skilled at assessing the emotion, um, emotions, motivation, um, desires, and intentions of those around them. So good at all those kind of things. Characteristics also include good at communicating verbally, skilled at nonverbal communication, sees situations from different perspectives, creates positive relationships with others, good at resolving conflicts in groups. Possible jobs include psychologist, philosopher, counselor, salesperson, politician. Coming in at number seven, the kind of, you know, working with that last one of inter, this is intra-personal intelligence. Good at being aware of their own emotional states, feelings, and motivations. Tend to enjoy self-reflection analysis, daydreaming, exploring relationships with others, and assessing their personal strengths. Characteristics, characteristics also include good at analyzing their strengths and weaknesses, enjoys analyzing theories and ideas, self-awareness, clearly understands the basis for his or her own motivations and feelings. Possible jobs include philosopher, writer, theorist, and scientist. And finally, number eight, Naturalist intelligence, man. These are our hippies. They are more in tune with nature and are often interested in nurturing, exploring the environment, and learning about other species because we all just need to get along, man. They are aware of subtle changes in their environments and other characteristics such as interests in botany, biology, zoology. Alright, I'm done with the hippie voice. It's not even that good. Good at categorizing and cataloging information easily. Uh, enjoy camping, gardening, hiking, and exploring the outdoors. Doesn't enjoy learning unfamiliar topics that have no connection to nature. Sorry, I had to just dip a little bit back into that. Possible jobs include biologist. Uh, conservationist, gardener, and farmer. So, as I said earlier, I did one of these intelligence tests. My absolute lowest, and this is out of a five, okay? So, my number one was body movement kinesthetic learner. I am a 4.57 out of five, followed by social, which is interpersonal, uh, 4.29 out of five. Uh, linguistic, 3.86 out of five. Um, and intrapersonal was also 3.86 out of 5. Spatial, 3 out of 5. Nature, 2.86 out of 5. Logic, mathematical, 1.86 out of 5. And coming in at the last possible spot, musical with 1.57 out of 5. Now, Gardner, if, if you ever take any education courses, usually they speak pretty highly of Gardner and coming up with uh, lessons for classroom that allow you to kind of help out with reaching students of different um, intelligences, according to Gardner. But there are critics to Gardner. They say that, yes, this helps a teacher to appreciate the many talents of students, but the theory is weak. Precious school time is wasted, according to these critics. A teacher may tap into a child's strongest intelligence by using various instructional approaches. However, that child, in the end of the day, must still rely on verbal and math skills to succeed in higher education and most careers. Think of it like this. Is your boss going to say, you know what, I need that report on my desk by Friday. And I need it in a visual way. No, 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 I take that back. A kinesthetic way. No, 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 even better, a musical way. Because that's how your intelligences are. All right, I'm saying this in my very critic voice kind of thing. But the idea behind it is most of the world does not always cater towards people's strengths. And hey, if you are in a job that caters towards your strengths, awesome, go for it kind of thing. But 
sometimes that's just not how everything works. So anyhow, food for thought, um, things to think about. All right, let's talk about another theory, Sternberg's theory of intelligence. This is the triarchic theory. So there's three parts. Part one, using analytical thinking skills like problem solving. Two, creative thinking to solve problems and dealing with new situations. And number three, using practical thinking skills to help adjust to cope with one's environment. Uh, that last one, um, I like that one, and a lot of other people do as well because he says, you know what, most of these theories do not test for common sense. So he wanted to add that in there. So I like that. All right. Um, Another type of intelligence that is, I, I, historically has been overlooked, but it is becoming um, increasingly more valuable, especially with our kind of culture and society today. Uh, and you know, a lot of, a lot of jobs are being replaced by computers. We're missing out on human elements, and emotional intelligence really, um, you know, kind of hits on this that we are missing out on the emotional connection between human beings. Gardner touched on this with interpersonal and intrapersonal intelligences, but just the idea of emotional intelligence kind of has four parts to it. And it's the ability to perceive and express emotions accurately and appropriately. We've talked about this before, so I'm kind of coming back to this when we went into our emotions unit. But anyhow, continuing on, the ability to use emotions while thinking, the ability to understand emotions and use the knowledge effectively, and the ability to regulate one's emotions to promote personal growth. So just being able to interact with the world around you in an emotional sense and understanding things from an emotional standpoint. All right, so um, so let's talk um, not only just about intelligence, let's boil it down to some numbers here. Let's talk about IQ, which stands for Intelligence Quotient. And originally computed by taking a child's mental age, the average age of those who are also, uh, also receive the same score as that child. Um, so, and they take that number divided by the chronological or actual age, and then they multiply that by 100. So, that's, I know that's tough to understand. So, let me do my best here. IQ is mental age divided by chronological age times 100. So, here's, a, here's an example, story example, because I know this is tough to understand. So, I apologize. I'm doing my best. I'm going to give you a few different ways to look at this. An eight-year-old who scored uh, to the mental age of someone who is eight would have an IQ of 100, okay? So their mental age is eight and their chronological age is eight kind of thing. So that's just straight up 100 kind of thing. Um, now, if you are scoring a lot higher at younger ages and stuff, then you're gonna get over 100, you're gonna get 132 or something like that. So. IQ scores in the grand scheme of things uh, seem to be most useful when we're talking about school and achievement, high school and college, because IQ tests do not measure the ability to pose problems or to question the validity of problems posed by others. Um, so most people um, you know, are, are between 90 and 109. That's considered kind of average or normal. Um, superior intelligence is 110 to 119. Very superior intelligence is 120 to 129. Gifted is 130 to 139. And 140 and over, that is genius or near genius levels. And just to give you guys a little idea on numbers here, 50% of IQ scores fall between 90 and 110. So half the population kind of thing. Um, 
And I thought this was interesting, um, kind of giving you the, the top end of things. A score of 132 um, is, you know, the top or higher is the top 2% um, of, of the human population. And 134 or higher is the top 1%. So just that two little points makes a huge difference kind of thing. So um, now when we talk about these IQ tests, we talked about, you know, mostly being for school uh, related stuff. And this is going to go with our aptitude tests. An aptitude test attempts to discover a person's talents and to predict how well he or she will be able to learn new skills. So just some, some tests you might not have known what they stand for. Um, is SAT, Scholastic Aptitude Test, ACT, American College Test. And these are both general aptitude tests designed to predict how a student will do in college kind of thing. So once again, they relate to school. All right, now there are different types of tests. So that was an aptitude test. Um, so let's talk about achievement tests. And these are designed to measure how much a person has already learned in a particular area. An adaptive test or adaptive testing, a computer changes the question's difficulty as it adapts to test your performance. Um, some schools use like Newzella and Membean where it you know, sees your performance and then it you know, kind of uh, tailors the test around your ability and to kind of keep pushing you along kind of thing. All right. And then adaptive instruction, which is different from tests, but it, it works along. So they take these tests and they adapt them to include more problems in areas where your answers are frequently wrong. So they find an area you don't do too well and they keep giving you more information in that area. All right, our next one here are interest inventories. This is kind of, kind of a test, I guess. It is designed to determine a person's preferences and attitudes and interests. So uh, one of the most you know, famous one probably is the Campbell Interest and Skills Survey. Um, and when it was created, uh, it was a test to allow psychologists to compare the responses of people who are successfully employed in different occupations to the responses of people in general. So basically, you take this test and it tells you um, what, it, what jobs uh, they think would be good for you based on your responses. So um, I took one, it was 60 questions, and uh, I, I, I liked uh, my, 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 top, uh, my top ones seemed to fit me pretty well. My number one was adult basic and secondary education and literacy teachers and instructors. So a teacher, hey, that's what I am. Number two, broadcast news analyst, because I like broadcasting, yeah. Um, sorry, bad joke reading. Um, another one that was my number three was career and technical education teachers in secondary schools and child family and school social workers, community health workers, and directors, religious activities, and education. So all those seem to go fairly well for me, I would imagine. So all right, gang, I am getting to the 19-minute mark here. So I'm going to cut this podcast in half, and I will pick back up with uh, some personality testing stuff uh, moving forward. So um, that actually worked out pretty well. The first half of this is all intelligence, and the second half is going to be all personality-based stuff. So all right, I'm happy with this part one and part two. So I'll be talking with you soon. Thanks so much for listening.